Like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch was probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch yeah. Police Radio. Uh, I am on the internet again, as I always am. I know I, I feel like I have this like compulsion to say that I'm on the internet, even though everyone is at this point, because we're still like, you know, hopefully getting out of it, but we're still in the pandemic. And this is how I do interviews now. And this is how I, I think that a lot of the artists that I interview have been talking to people too, just just at home or wherever they are via a phone or a computer and 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 disembodied voice you know over the internet but it works and it's a good way to talk to people um despite all the craziness that's going on so the guest on this episode is someone who is relatively new to me i know you've been doing this for quite a while um in the province but uh i'm kind of a newcomer to your music so i think the best way to start this off is if you wanted to just briefly introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is that you do okay um i'm a singer songwriter i was born in thompson manitoba and uh uh, raised on a family farm in the parkland in okay. between the Duck Mountain and the Riding Mountain. And that's where I graduated high school. Um, ended up in a in a bad car accident where we, we lost a loved one. Wow. And uh, yeah, being on the farm at that time, I think is what um, put a guitar and some emotions, you know, in my body. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would do it. Something, something that, uh, you know, that kind of traumatic experience often gives people the opportunity to to find a creative way to, to, to put their feelings out there for sure. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a car accident. Uh, we were 17 and 18 years old, so quite young, mm-hmm. graduating year. So had to finish school and carry that, you know, carry that loss and, uh, yeah, the tragedy. Yeah, yeah. And you do, you're right, you, you do, you find a way to... Um, I guess deal with it positively, you know, um, you can't, you can't be, uh, mourning all your life, but, uh, it does definitely affect you yeah, all no, along. One of the things that, that I find interesting about, um, you know, talking to people from across Manitoba is that as a Winnipegger and, and as someone who does this, this podcast, I feel like Winnipeg is always seems like the priority because there's so many artists from the city and it's easy to forget that there's so much cool stuff happening, you know, outside the perimeter there's there's so many mm-hmm. different musicians all over the province you go up north you go the east west south it doesn't matter there's just tons of cool stuff happening and it's easy to be kind of uh, kind of blinkered and think winnipeg only so what what was it like for you um growing up out there as far as a music community like did you feel like there were uh, other artists that you could uh, you know learn from or, or and then play with and then jam with and things like that uh, where you were growing up yeah, there was a, a guy named Barry Mikowski. His band was called Bearcat. Okay, yeah, yeah um, I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, so he's from Winnipegosis. That's where my dad's family's from. And um, 
at that time, I might have felt like I was the only one besides being uh, in a Ukrainian band, maybe. You know, okay. there, there was a lot of older fellows that played, um, you know, played in Ukrainian bands. And uh, Bearcat played like a, a contemporary rock, like a roots rock. And um, so, I mean, if they had like events, like a community event or like a fundraiser or New Year's, we had to wait. There was, there was a time gap between shows that you got to experience that. So... Uh, yeah, I wasn't around it very much. And then Ryan Cowan is a country artist from uh, Roblin, okay. Rossburn area. And uh, he, he would chum around in those in those venues around Gilbert Plains and Dauphin and, and uh, Swan River. So I'd sneak out to those shows too, again, 17, 18 years old. So I was, that, that's how I was getting my, my, feed, my feed for live music, I guess. And then, then at that age, being young, moving out there and not really knowing about a scene anyway uh you, you got to scout around for it and you know there's people that are passionate about live music and then people that just take it as it comes you know some people would come into the city to a big concert to come see garth brooks yeah that was never my that was never my thing i always managed to get enough of it like you're saying there we, we found them the little honky tonks yeah I like yeah. that because I think, you know, uh, being from the city, it's just all around. I mean, it's, you walk yeah, down the yeah. street, you sit four bars, they each have a band playing, right? But yeah, you have to yeah. actually seek out and, and, and find the people who are doing it, first of all, and then find out where they're playing and then actually get to where they're yeah. playing to, to do that. So yeah, it's, I, I imagine it's a very different experience. Yeah, and you're a bit of an odd sheep too there. Like, I mean, being grade 10, 11 in, uh, in the early 90s, that's not what everyone was doing, jumping in vehicles and looking for live music. But if I heard of something, I was finding a way to to commute 30 to an hour and a half, 30 yep. minutes to an hour and a half to, to go. Cause you know, it was always going to be a good time when you got there. Just like, uh, you know, you just had to convince your friends that country music was actually a thing. <laughs> <laughs> was country always the thing with you? Like, was that always a, a very strong uh, influence for you? I think in 91, when I moved out to the, my uncle and aunt's farm, they had just bought the property at that time too. So it was brand new. I was there from the start with them. It's not like I came in mid, you know, career of them doing that. And um, he always played, like, you know, the old farm trucks and every machinery. He had a tape of something, yeah. some kind of old, old. And the, the music was good, like Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. He'd have Don Williams and, you know, um, Merle Haggard, um, Conway Twitty, George Jones. So that's yeah. the kind of tapes that were everywhere. So, I mean, not every song was good. That's where you get that old sad, sell my truck. Dog's dead, lost a wife. Yeah, uh, yeah, the stereotype uh, uh, people have. Yeah, the yeah, stereotype. Sure. But yeah. but but every every third fourth track on there, really catchy, good music. You still hear it today. You know? Yeah. Well, and you're getting exposed uh, to some of the greats of the genre too, just just from yeah. being around that, right? Yeah, probably one the more in tune influences, I guess. You know, from uh, like the people seem to really work in those days. Uh, you know, within a hundred years, but still things have really changed and developed. Uh, you know, technological wise. For us, yeah, uh, they were st everyone was hands on work and and uh, a, a different story to tell. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and that yeah. comes through in a lot of songs. I think from from past eras too, you see more of that actually being talked about. You know, in the songs directly, um, that experience, the, the farm experience, and the the rural experience, things like that. Yeah, yeah, true enough. And then um, as I got older and you know, spent a little more time in the city, exactly like you're saying, we played. Uh, 2008 would have been our busiest year in Winnipeg. We were playing four and five nights a week, and we managed to do that for the whole year. It was a goal we set. And, um, yeah, you're right. Winnipeg is a hub 
and a center port for uh, musicians. You know, uh, someone like myself, I need musicians, and yeah. there's there's a there's a ton of them, and they all have great accolades. Like not you know, everyone's doing something really good. brings up another question then i mean you know i haven't played in bands in like a decade but or more but um winnipeg is a very very tight-knit music scene like everyone I, you know a lot of my friends from 
20, 30 years ago are people that I knew from playing in bands and I'm still friends yeah. with today. Uh, was it difficult at all for you as someone from outside coming in here and trying to fit into the scene and trying to, you know, meet the musicians you wanted to play with and things like that? Yeah, I went from playing in a band called 100 Years Rising. We had five members and we did every show together. Everything we did was together. And that was a cover, a cover band. It, it was really going that way. And we struggled with going original. Mm-hmm. And at some point of this band dismembering in maybe 2010, like we still had a lot of respect for each other. But that's when I, that's only been like 10 years, like, like you say, in a decade now to start finding the freelance guys, earning their respect, playing with them, not being able to book them at the next show because they're booked with so-and-so and yeah. respecting respecting that. And it's just kind of a whole new avenue. And um I wouldn't say tricky hard. You got to stay committed, dedicated. You can't step on anyone's toes and you can't have your toes stepped on. But that that's the way it seems to work today. There's a large group of players out there. And if someone can't um, do the job for you, then they'll find someone that they think uh, can do the job for them. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's, there's a huge level of respect there. No one wants to lose the next phone call. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they're not paying, they're not paying. So you got to take uh, as many as you can. Yeah. You got, you got to come up, come up with the bill money by playing more for less. And that, that's what everyone's doing. Um, well, yeah. So I, I guess, I guess it is a tight circle. We all want to get, you know, we all got to pay our bills. And what you just described too, that, that kind of hustle of, of just, you know, getting whatever shows you can get because you got to pay the bills that has been completely uh, upended by the situation the world has been in over the past couple of years. And um, like, what has that been like for you? I understand your new single touches on some of the, uh, the pandemic situation as well, but what has it been like for you as an artist trying to just do what you do during this, this, this period of time? I'm lucky enough to, uh, I'm a carpenter as well. I don't have my red seal, but I've been doing this type of work for 20 years. Okay. And I managed to score some really big jobs and stay busy working. I didn't feel that type of stress on the music, but mm-hmm. I did definitely feel like the stage lights got shut off. The curtains were closed. The seats were put away. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we're doing what, what, what we're doing here today and and on our first time doing this like maybe not someone like yourself if you've already worked in radio or podcast or any like for us it's like we have to come learn how yeah, to yeah uh get an app download it uh sync synchronize with someone else's music or like everyone stepped it up a notch and in, in, uh, we were forced into it i guess uh not really by choice and for, for myself it was it wasn't something i was interested right off the bat there was no feel there's no connection at the end of uh, an exchange of the art. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like you just you just hit end and it's over. Uh, uh, there's no there's no feel. Um, so I did. I had this little show called Corona Country, and I just got up in the morning, put on a different shirt. I, I went through every shirt I owned, and uh, a different shirt for. I went a month straight, thirty days <laughs> for. Um, at six in the morning, I'd get up and I'd have a coffee with whoever was logging on. And I ended up having a couple hundred viewers every morning and I would sing one song, but I would just look out the window. I'd give you the weather forecast from just looking out the window. Cause that's how it felt. Like, why do we need to uh, yeah. put up the, the, you know what I mean? The wind bind or whatever, uh, the wind sock <laughs> and uh, a thermometer. We could just guess because that's what life was about at the sure, moment. Sure. Uh, I didn't, lots of people didn't know if they were going to work. I knew I was going to work. So I, I had, I had that story to share a little bit, but yeah, you know, I'd wish people happy birthday on there. It was maybe 11 to uh, 15 minutes long. And, yeah. uh, 
that's what I did for people. And I know that, that listeners and, you know, others that don't have something like this to turn to, to their music or an art or, or anything like that. You can keep your mind and your, your soul busy with anything yeah. if you're passionate about it. And that's what artists are. Sure. So when you share that, when you share that art with uh, people that don't have that, like I find it's really genuine that they really appreciate that cup of coffee my fake analysis of the news are <laughs> of the weather, you know, yeah. it looks cloudy. It might rain. It might not. <laughs> and, uh, so I did that. I was tired of it after the 30 days, because like I say, it left me with just nothing but more work and more work sure. and more work. And, and, uh, it's volunteer. So I wasn't reaching out for any, um, any type of funding, but later on, I realized, and you just keep away at this, the arts councils are there for, uh, programs like that and like yours and yeah. we just got to w- wake up in the morning with that attitude and and no matter what happens in society uh we should be able to overcome it we've 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 uh as a whole you know nation yeah and you know across the globe we get to we get through the hardest times yeah people have survived and, and found new ways to approach whatever it is they're doing because they've kind of had right. to right you did, did, did you feel like um doing those uh those morning sessions there did that give you maybe a new appreciation for this sort of um method of of communicating i mean i know again yeah. the warmth of having in person you know performance isn't there but did you sort of develop a a better um understanding or appreciation of of, of being able to reach an audience through a computer screen yes um both both pros and cons i think i overthink a lot of things and that one was, uh, I quickly realized how much the people were appreciative of it. And they were kind of waiting there with their cups of coffee after the third or fourth day when I nice. told them, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for a month. That's the challenge. And I would decide then if I was going to keep going, but seven days a week, that, that was, that was a challenge <laughs> and a six in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put a damper on some of my evening activities, No doubt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, but it did. I felt, I felt that. And then I felt it was still there. And, uh, you know, got got used to it. This is what we've been all been doing now. So, a couple times a month, we get down here and on Zoom or whatever it is. I've done a couple big conference staff parties now on on here, and I'm appreciative of it. Yeah, cool. So, your latest single came out. Uh, I guess it was the end of last month, right? End of May. What can you tell me about the song? Yeah. Well, that one there, we um, got into some grant writing about a year ago, and um, when something I've experienced now with grant writing is once you say and you apply for a project, you follow up with that project, whether you're in the mood to or not, you have to like, it's the way it goes. If you're going to apply for something that's in the future. So what I've learned there is I have to respect this project. I have to follow it up. And in part of following that up was uh, writing two more songs. Okay. And, and, and the time came and uh, my, my business partner, Steven says, uh, you, you just got to do it. go, get something that's close to you and go think about it for a while and see what you come up with. And sure enough, that worked. I went and locked myself in a room, cup of coffee, my guitar, pen and paper. And it was a no brainer. I was working in Ottawa for eight months and I was lucky to not have any mental stress from the pandemic because uh, my tools were being used every day. Right. And, but my kids, I got a 10 year old, I got three kids and my, my oldest is 10 in grade four. I think they just had enough of uh, we're not going to school today. We are going to school today. They don't even care who the teacher is anymore because now it's a computer. It's a different lady. There's no, there's no trust and bond there anymore for the kids. And I mean, I learned this after because I had to really dig into my kid's life and figure out what the heck was going on. 
And it took a full year. Like, I mean, but the hardest part of those years was now meeting with the school. And are we putting him on meds? Are we a psychologist? This he's got to go to a doctor here, more school. Next thing you know, he's only at school half days. And I'm like, this is, this is affecting everybody now. And so I had to quit my job in October and uh, ended up working for the school division here in Portage and told them my situation. I ended up with a job half day. So I was able to pick him up at noon and come home with him. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with this kid. Maybe he's just bored and sick and tired of everything. Like some of us are, but I, you don't want to teach a 10 year old that. No, no, for sure. Hold my head up, putting the guns down, holding my head up, holding it high. I'm keeping my back up. Keeping my back up against the wall I'm holding my head up so I don't fall No, it ain't too late We ain't too far gone Cause there's more love than hate And there's more right than wrong So won't you sit right here beside me And rest your weary head And let those sleeping dogs lie In someone else's bed Putting the fight down, taking the high road out of town, taking my mind off, taking my mind off the fight side, walking away, walking the line. No, it ain't too late, we ain't too far gone, cause there's more love than hate, and there's more right than wrong. So won't you sit right here beside me? And rest your weary head Let those sleeping dogs lie In someone else's bed I think the pandemic affected kids in a, like I have two kids of my own too. They're they're um, twelve and eight, and you know yeah. s- similar thing in that in that school was so it was so nebulous. You didn't know whether it was happening. You didn't know how long it would happen for, or if you go back yeah. to class, is it going to last a week and then you're stuck at home again? Like it's it, I can't imagine what this has, impact this has had on that generation. You know, going forward, just just having lived through this. Yeah, 
Yeah, so you're absolutely right. And when you want to uh, worry about that, you'll uh, drive yourself nuts. And I think that's what I ended up sitting there doing. What can you tell a 10-year-old be- besides, you know what? Like, do like if two, two grown men like us, we have a different opinion of how we're going to deal with this. But you, you can't really teach that to a kid. Right. So uh, I was like, hmm, I guess like a fight in the playground type thing, controversy. Let's just give the best advice. What is that? Turn the other cheek, put your head up, keep your chin up keep your back against the wall and this just started playing in my mind and and the melody come at the same time it's like you have to uplift a, a sad emotion with a good melody sure and the same thing what we talked about with tragedy you have to find a positive way to to come out of it and that's how that song kind of formed it was just like uh just give good advice and before finishing the song, we steered away from making it so personal to uh, a ten-year-old, and yeah. it was it was it was quick. Uh, Dave Waslow helped me finish it from Doc Walker, and Stephen Arundel is my producer now and guitar player for the last twelve years. Okay, I just I brought them in and said, "Let's uh, let's finish this one. This one is the one." Like I I can feel good songs when they're starting to like. Let's just sew this one up, and it's part of this program we're 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 uh, applying for. And uh, yeah, the way it came back from those two guys, we had maybe four exchange meetings and that was it. We, we knew it was done. Cool. And, and, and it was about that, like the state of society's mind. It's like we all just need to maybe zip it and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how many family dinners, I mean, Christmas dinners were, uh, you know, canceled because people just didn't have the same opinion, whether it was, oh, we're allowed to get together, we're allowed to be from different towns, all these rules that were playing into people's actual plans. Well, and they changed and, often, too. The rules would keep changing. Right. And so people just trying to keep up on what was cool and what wasn't. Yeah. 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 And then you had your quiet people that were indulging anyway, uh, half vaxxed and half not. And then right. you had on the other side, the people still playing by the rules, half vaxxed and half not. And those are the ones missing out on everything and not. And then, then who do we blame at the end of this? The government or each other? Or it was just turning into exactly that. So it was actually an easy song to finish once we started thinking like that, rather than about my son McLean. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I use that as a jumping off point, and then and then make yeah. it something more universal. Yeah, too many songs can go um, emotional and um, personal if you don't be careful of that. Yeah, yeah. as a as a songwriter, I think so. I'm glad to have you know professional writers around and and able to uh, filter, you know, some of that. Yeah. Yeah. What is the experience like releasing a song during all of this? Because I mean, that's, that's different too. releasing any music, um, you know, pre pandemic would have been very different in terms of how you get it out there, how you let people know that, that, that this song is out. You can't perform it for live audiences necessarily, although that's getting better now. But yeah. I mean, what was that like, uh, compared to previous stuff you've put out? I think, um, I think for myself, I'm not not an underdog, maybe an underdog, but um, I think it kind of put me on a level playing field with everybody else that was writing and releasing because okay. you're right, we all kind of were doing it the same way right now. And one little, you know, it's not a rule. It's just something I really think about all the time is how much time and uh, money and effort am I willing to sacrifice song after song if i don't start living you know by the means of my music or or dedicating 100 percent of it to that i'm yeah. always looking after contracts with a building or i'm looking after you know jobs for organizations and i'm wondering i'm at a point in my life where it's time to i think hold on tighter to you know the music 
And, and cause if it's there, it's there. You just got to sure. create it and share. You got to create it and share it for me to, to try and not pursue that anymore. I think would be silly. <laughs> I guess a uh, part of that too is, is, is finding out how to get it to the right people, right? To the people who are going to appreciate it, the people who I kind of already have ears for the type of stuff that you're playing. And then from yeah. there, that just helps spread with word of mouth and, and everything else. Yeah, no, for sure. It's um, you got to work with the right team, the team that's behind you. Each one of you want to be, when you look left and right, you want to see them pushing as hard. Yeah. And, and you're right. It, it did. It, there's about 10 of us now and it's just the way it's got to be. You got to, you got to work and pay the bills, get the music. Like it's a creative and, and uh, a sharing process that's what it is yeah and when you let when you let the the clay makers make clay they'll do a good job right <laughs> yeah and stay, uh, let them do it and and i yeah i'm very appreciative of it now it's maybe my third year working with and, and you're right right through the pandemic so i guess i am just seeing uh brand new changes they're not even um something i've a change that you're aware of. you yeah. can share share it's just it, it's brand new yeah okay okay that makes sense um is this going to be kind of the lead into to something bigger? Are you hoping to put out an album or an EP um, coming up in the relatively near future, or is that still uh, quite a ways off? No, that is um, actually getting uh, visual content up on the internet is is the next goal. Okay. So we uh, we do have three acoustic videos uh, coming out simultaneously, one after the other, over the next over the summer. And uh, you can look out for High Road will be the first one, obviously, because it's the single. And Makes then sense. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I'll let you your team in on a little couple secrets here. And then the Nickel Mine uh, is another one from last year's release. We're going to put that one up. And okay. so, I mean, people like yourself, when you go to look for our content, it's not really there. So we're just in the building stages of that as well. Uh, but definitely there's an album. There's a couple older songs I wrote that weren't mastered. And I feel like they were um, they never really had the chance to be exposed. And we're going to revisit those. And you're right, an EP or an album is definitely in the next, if not, it won't be this year, it'll be next year. Okay. When I was born, Mama was a wishing. Never like that, but she 
got herself a fast one She got a fast one Hello stranger, it's okay You're not a stranger if we meet and greet She got a fast one So don't you worry if you see me And I turn it up and down your street She wanted a fast one got a fast one. I graduated high school got me a car I got me a fast one I went fast and far I left rubber on the road wouldn't you know that's what mama wanted Got herself a fast one Uh, the situation look like for you right now as far as playing shows i mean are you have you been out there now that the uh, uh restrictions have eased a little yeah for sure um we're playing at the portage exhibition here in, in town uh july 8th okay 
full band and July 9th in Mossy River Days. We're opening for Charlie Major there and uh, another music peer from our community, Emma Peterson. Okay, yeah. Um, she'll be with us there and I'm playing at the Indigenous People's Day at the Cube in Winnipeg on June 21st. Oh, cool. So uh, some good gigs and some private functions into August and uh, just marketing the music, marketing the new song. You know, that's, yeah. that's what my summer looks like, yeah. What, uh, if someone is hearing about you for the first time on this show or wants to hear more of your stuff or, you know, follow what you're up to, what's the best way to sort of uh, keep in touch with you online and to just hear the, hear the new single, hear the stuff that you already have out? Yeah, we're on Instagram and Facebook, Nelson Little Music. And uh, any of my, uh, you know, songs are on all streaming platforms. I prefer Apple Music and Spotify. I have both, but I mean, I just, the Apple for myself is just, just a good, um, good app to have. And, uh, we use it for our sharing with all of musicians and whatnot. Nice. So it's a, it's a, it's a good platform for that. Um, just sharing songs and set, making set lists right there. Um, yeah, and that's, that's about it. I do have a website, nelsonlittle.com and our info goes up there. Stephen Arundel manages that in my bookings. Okay. So where you can find us there as well, nelsonlittle.com. So people, the good thing about this being a podcast is someone could hear it, you know, when it comes out or they could hear it a year from now. And by then you could have a bunch of new stuff out. You could be playing a bunch yeah. of shows. So I guess yeah. the website or the Instagram or something would be the best spot to look at, uh, regardless of when you're hearing this. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And yeah. then, um, I, I guess, uh, Obviously, the new the new the new song is something that you you're pushing and you're you're getting out there and you you want people to hear. What would you suggest as a good starting point for someone who is unfamiliar with your music? Would you want them to go right to that that new single and 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 use that as kind of an introduction to you, or is there other stuff you've done in the past that you think is a good, um, just like a you know a beginner's guide <laughs> to what it is that you? Yeah, do? there's a song called uh, there's a few. So um, my first album was called The Little Things. This album was never mastered and I was in my, uh, you know, let's just call it my juvenile years of uh, recording music. And sure. as long as you, as long as you got a CD back, you were going to go burn that and make a bunch and everyone had a copy. Yeah, That's yeah, kind of yeah. what happened. But, but there's three good songs on there. Okay. And one's called, I won't fall down whiskey devil and hide and seek. And there's another song that actually all of them are great. I get great feedback from them, but because they're not, they don't have the ISRC coding and they're not mastered. There's not much we can do with them, but I get a lot of feedback from those songs. That's why I want to re-record them. Okay. And, and then um, on the last album that is mastered, it's called ain't afraid of the truth. There's a couple songs on there and fast one sticks out. It's a non-chorus uh, five verse song oh, cool. that, that has uh, no leads and no chorus. But it's a very catchy song, and that one has number one feedback because it's a five-minute song, and yeah. that'll never get radio play, and it's just unique. But it's a story of uh, a mom and a son, and and uh, very, very catchy. So, I mean, if people open up these platforms, you're going to see maybe five songs on there. And uh, the last four songs we mastered, or, sorry, we um, produced ourselves. So we stepped away from uh, paying for a producer and just yeah. started doing it ourselves here in Portage. And we still farm out all the, you know, everything, the, everything. We just produce and play, play the guitars. We sub everything else out. And um, where was I going with that? So you'll, you'll see now because I think uh, as you build these platforms, I don't know if the industry, uh, the, these, these um, large uh, companies do this or if, 
I don't know how how the quality content kind of prioritizes on on these platforms. Yeah. So it already shows your best five songs, whether it's by interest or or I don't know know if they have <laughs> like a sensor for for like um, for quality, but it almost seems like they do. You know what I mean? Because some of these earlier songs that they're way at the bottom you might not even find them right so the you're, you're gonna find better quality yeah. Ones are there. yeah yeah so as long as you're listening to the last five that were put out you're you're gonna hear you you might want to dig deeper and as you dig deeper you might like those ones with the on the little things album like i say they're not mastered and i i think we even took them off of cd baby like the distribution <clears throat> but somehow they're they're still floating around everywhere i think youtube harnesses a you know they just have their own thing going on there. sure yeah cool so yeah. Every time that I find work, it's somewhere else. 